Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We're so excited you're with us. No matter where you're watching from, you matter to us. You matter to God. And uh, for all of you who are believers, that, by the way, if you're not a Christian, just I also want to say thank you for trusting us enough to come and listen in and be in. But for those who are Christians today, we're talking about getting in a game. Uh, we want you to get in the game. And so we're ending this series, I think, with something really incredible. This is like the exclamation point you put on it. And what am I talking about? We're talking about if you're a parent, we want you to get in the game with your kids. Uh, we want you to be the spiritual influencer of your children. Nothing's going to matter more. Uh, nothing's going to matter more in your life than that. And so I want, to, want you to know we're going to give you some really good thoughts, really good tools today. Now, there are some of you who are watching that are single. Actually, quite a few of you are. And here's what I want to say to you. Don't tune out on this because I want you to know you, number one, need to hear this too. There's things you can take away for you. But also, you need to be somebody who's equipped to be able to help other people. So you've got friends who are married. You've got friends who are parents. Or you've got family who are married. <laughs> some of you got some family. Man, they really, come on, they need this. Put it in the chat. Uh, but you know what I want to say is this is for you too. So make sure you tune in. Make sure you're a part of this. Uh, but to do something this important, we're going to do it in a creative and a special way. Uh, we have two of our pastors who are on our teaching team. They're going to be sharing today. Uh, Lauren Janetsky, uh, by the way, recently married, uh, newlywed, uh, heart's desire fulfilled. Uh, Lauren's going to be leading off for us. And Lauren is a professor at Biola University, or at least teaches there. And she heads our children's ministry. She knows she knows what is, makes effective ministry to children. So I can't wait for you to hear from her. And then also Stephen uh, uh, McKinley is going to be sharing. Pastor Stephen is uh, another one of our pastors on staff. And, and Stephen heads up our JHM, our junior high ministry. Uh, by the way, both of them have awesome YouTubes you ought to go check out in the children's channel and in the junior high channel. But Stephen's also going to be sharing today. And I cannot wait for you to hear his perspective on this. Uh, and, and it's going to be powerful and amazing. Then um, a person I, I respect, admire, is Dr. David Smith. Uh, Dr. David Smith's a clinical psychologist. Uh, he's mentored me in counseling. As a matter of fact, the minute I wanted to get involved in helping people, I went right away to Dr. Dave because he has got a, an incredible track record of helping people, helping couples, helping families. Uh, and I would say there's not a whole lot of people of anybody who's more knowledgeable in the mental health field than Dr. David Smith and on fire for the Lord. And you are going to hear from him also. So I believe it's going to be a special time. It's going to really be meaningful for you. But obviously what we want to do is we want to pray and ask God to move as we talk about this very, very important way for you and I to get in the game. Father, I pray right now that you would just truly fill uh, Lauren, Pastor Lauren, Pastor Stephen, and Dr. David uh, with your spirit. I pray, oh God, that they would uh, have thoughts that they would bring to us that would be life-changing and transformative uh, to people who need to hear it. Uh, and I pray today that we all will hear a message that you have for us from them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Put it in the chat. Welcome, Lauren. All right. All right, everyone. Welcome. Parents, grandparents, anyone with kids ages 0 to 18 in your home, today is for you. And if your kids have never left home or they've left, 
and then came back, today is also for you. And for those of you who don't have kids, there's a purpose in what we share today as well. But check this out. Parents, you've had some great and not some great COVID quarantine life experiences. Check this out. Oh, my goodness. So I finally got a break, and um, I thought I'd come on here and tell you guys about my experience yeah, like homeschool. Come here. Okay, hold on. Eleanor, if you want to get on your Zoom, your name is Viper. Mondays, it's at 8.11. On Tuesdays, it's at 4.13. And Saturdays, it's at 1 a.m. Your student has been assigned an individual password for logging into each of their assigned accounts for. Readworks, Scholastic, WebEx, Zern, Mathletics, Grammaropolis, ABC. Um, I thought I'd get on here and tell you guys about my time homeschooling. Yeah, Hold on, let me go feed her. Okay, another Zoom. I hope that Jeffrey kid doesn't talk about his sister's foot again. We're not muted. Oh my God! I appreciate Whoa. everyone jumping on today and doing oh the call. My. What? And so, oh my gosh, I just what was the coffee. client's response? Were they pleased or? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, email address for you, Finn, uh, with the 17826 at 14.com backslash school. Eleanor, same as you, 17825 backslash ampersam941.com backslash backslash school. Got it? Okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm like doing, I'm like a teacher, a principal, a cafeteria worker. This is crazy to me right now, okay? Yeah, I don't want to do this work. What do you mean you don't want to do this work? We just started. But right now, this season has not been predictable. And for some of us, it's been really, really rough, especially you parents. But for all of us, it has been a change. It has transitioned from something that was over here to something completely different. There are some issues that families are now facing right now. Kids are at school in the home. You saw the video. There's devices and passwords and spaces to where your kids and students need to be set up in the home. There's school supplies, and there's getting on them about their homework. And where are those kids and students all day? They're not at school. They're in your house. And couple on top of this, this lack of social interaction. Kids and students used to go hang out at each other's houses, concerts, movies, get-togethers, events, all the things. And where are they right now? They're in your house. And so you add on top of this the perfect recipe for marital tension. You have the communication between moms and dads and between moms and kids and between kids and kids. And you have, hey, I'm just trying to get dinner on the table and pay my bills and work a full day. And you can't even exercise. The gyms are closed. And who wants to go outside right now in the heat? I know of a mom who took herself on a walk to the grocery store just to have a minute for herself. Yet it's important to note with all these changes, God's call on parents has not changed. In fact, let's start with a practical statistic. There is a number of parent of hours, parents that you have in a year, which is 3,000 hours, and the church we have 40, and that's if your kids and students come to church 40 times. So in those 3,000 hours, parents, you are responsible to lead your kids. And guess what? I think in the COVID season, the last six months, you've already hit your 3,000 hours. Great job. But not only does math prove it, God's word says it. Parents are the primary spiritual leaders in their home. Let's check out what Moses says in Deuteronomy 6. Hero Israel... 
The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, who is Moses speaking to? Parents, grandparents, anybody shepherding kids right now. And he begins with the heart, loving God first. And out of the overflow of your love, you impress it on your kids. You have to model this. And Moses repeats this again in Deuteronomy. But how do you teach this? This word is actually a very strong word. It means to teach clearly and intelligently, as if you were taking a sharp object and inscribing the words on a stone, that's impressing on your children. And when do you teach? It says when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, but these words are meant to express totality. So when you're near, when you're far, when you're everywhere, you teach. And when you lie down and when you rise up, that means whatever state or condition you are in, and it starts in your home. Andy Stanley quotes, your greatest contribution to the world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. So why are parents not leading in the home? I think there's a few reasons for this. Number one is apathy. It's not a priority. You're too busy. Well, listen to the prophet Zephaniah. He says, on judgment day, I'll search through every closet and alley in Jerusalem. I will find and punish those who are sitting it out, fat and lazy, amusing themselves and taking it easy, who think God doesn't do anything, good or bad. He isn't involved, so neither are we. What a word picture. Here I imagine parents work all day to provide for their kids. And after a long day, you're unwinding, you're scrolling on your Instagram, you're watching your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon Prime. You've already got dinner done, and your kids and students are right in front of you, and they're just waiting for you to engage, and they're just waiting, and you are sitting it out. Are you engaged anywhere and everywhere you are and in whatever state or condition you're in? We don't want you to sit back or sit it out. In fact, Pastor Chuck talked on this week one of getting the game. You see, I want you to think about this. We want you to be a person who doesn't sit back, doesn't sit it out, isn't complacent, uh, isn't just wondering if one day somebody else will reach your family, reach your friends, reach your coworkers, reach your neighbors, because you were the one called to do that. And so this whole series is about getting you uh, to a place where you can make a difference. This is our heart for you, but parents, we know that you also might feel uncertain. Maybe you didn't know it was your job. Maybe you had no idea what Deuteronomy 6 was all about. Maybe you just thought it was the church's job and you could just come on Sunday mornings and that would be enough. Or maybe it's too big or too daunting. Or maybe you don't have a great relationship with God yourself or you don't know how to pray, so how do you model it to your kids? And lastly, it's really hard work. It takes a lot of energy and tension and time. In fact, it's that 24-7, 3,000 hours around the clock. It takes willpower and a whole lot of Jesus. And if you don't put in the hard work, that loops you right back to apathy. But let's close the gap. Parents, get in the game. God is holding you and only you accountable. You are the primary influencer in your child's life. 
own it. Ezekiel the prophet said, Son of man, I have appointed you a watchman to the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, warn them from me. When I say to the wicked, you will surely die, and you do not warn him, and speak out and warn the wicked from his wicked way that he may live, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. God is using this figure of the watchman to describe Ezekiel's responsibility. And Ezekiel faithfully proclaimed God's word to the people. He was this watchman. He warned God's people. God has given me a life calling to be a watchman. I don't have kids of my own, but I've been in children's ministry for over 22 years. And I can say with absolute certainty, I want every child to know the love of Jesus. And I will do everything in my power to help anyone who can influence kids understand how important this is. You are a watchman for your home, for your family, for your kids, for the kids that you know. You get to faithfully proclaim God's word. You get to make God a priority. The warning is... Their blood is on your hands. But I can't leave this message without the reward. It is an honor to see God transform your kids and your family and that God would you use you to do this. For those of you who, like, who are like me and you don't have kids, pray. Be a part of somebody else's life who has kids. And I want to share some encouragement. You are already leading your kids spiritually. You are somewhere on this trajectory. Maybe you're over here and today is your day to take a step forward because you want to be here. And you want to teach your kids about God anywhere and everywhere you are and in whatever state or condition you are in. And you don't forget this quote. Your greatest contribution to the world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. Amen. All right. We have Pastor Stephen coming up to help us share with us how to do this and what the first step is. Let's welcome Pastor Stephen. Wow, what a big responsibility it is to be the spiritual guide that God is calling each and every single one of us to be. It is such a big calling. And before we get into that, I want to tell you a true story that in fact did happen to me. It still haunts me to this day. Last year, I got a text asking if I could help someone out in my life group by cleaning out their house. I'm a two on the Enneagram, which means I'm a helper. And so when I get a text like that, you know I'm there. So I get to this person's house to find out that my task for the afternoon was to clean out their garage. However, what wasn't said to me was these people, and I had to find out myself, these people had a pet tarantula. You heard that right, a pet tarantula. And like many people, I'm afraid of spiders, and these things are like spiders on steroids. And the whole day while I'm in this garage, I made sure to never have my back toward that tarantula. I still have no idea why God would create such a thing. It now comes down time to clean over by the, where the refrigerator is. And as you can see, I don't know if you could tell, I needed help moving the refrigerator. And so I go, I ask one of the ladies, hey, can you help me move the fridge? She's like, yeah. So she moves, oh, she helps me. We move the fridge and then we proceed to open up the refrigerator doors. We open up these doors and at the bottom of the shelf, I see a tarantula. I slam that door shut. I ran like a girl out of the garage and was freaking out. At this point, I'm trying to come up with a way as to how I could go home so I don't have to take this tarantula out of the refrigerator. 
these guys that are working inside, they come outside. They're like, what, what's all this commotion about? They're like, I'm like, dude, there's a tarantula in there. Go check it out. They didn't believe me. They go to open it, and they're like, Steve, it's fake. Guys, I say all this to tell you that the junior high boy that was living in this house faked me out by putting a fake tarantula in this refrigerator. And as people, I believe we get faked out all the time. There's fake nails that people wear, fake grass that we put in our yards, fake emails that we receive, fake relationships. I don't know if you guys ever heard about the guy named Monty Teo. He's a professional football player in the NFL. He was in a relationship that he thought was a real relationship. It turns out someone trolled him and it was completely fake. We know fake friends, fake purses that people wear, fake lives that people display on social media. But with all the fake that is happening around us, you can't fake out God. And parents, you can't fake out your kids, although some people live their lives thinking they could. Take a look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven but only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Take a look at this. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And what we read here is that God knows our hearts and he knows if we're genuine or not. Take a look at 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Take a look at this. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, God is always concerned with our heart. He's always looking at our heart because that shows if our motives are genuine or not. And so like I said, you cannot fake out God and you also can't fake out kids. One, because you live with them and so they know how you live your life and the decisions that you make. But also, kids can spot if someone is genuine or not from a mile away. And today, I want to share with you how you as parents can live out your faith in an authentic and real way 24-7, not just on Sundays. And although I'm not a parent myself, like Pastor Chuck said, I am going to be getting married in just a few weeks. And my fiance Jessica and I, we walk around campus, we look at parents to see how they parent their kids. And I've taken some notes, so watch out, because people like myself are watching. And I've noticed that parents who live this authentic life and live this consistent, faithful life at home, at work, in their marriage, in their relationships, have kids whose lives are flourishing. Because these students have such a solid and consistent foundation on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And how to be consistent with it, not half in when they're feeling it and half out when they're not. And so today I want to share how to become the spiritual leader that God has called you and I to be. And if you're not a parent, make sure you don't tune me out. You could learn from this as well. Because just like myself and how I look at parents to see how they interact and parent their kids, there are students and kids looking at you, how you live your life on social media. And it is so crucial that you and I are living our life the same way we are in church than we are online because kids 
are watching. And so this is how we can become the spiritual leaders that God has called us to be. The first thing is this. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. Take a look at what in James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says, a.k.a. live it out, meaning don't say one thing, yet do another. And James is saying, hey, guys, we need to live out our faith in front of everyone, especially you parents, in front of your kids, since you're called to be their spiritual guide. But I want to ask you this question. What are your children picking up from you? What are your children picking up from you? Maybe one of the ways you can start living out your faith is by going to church weekly. Not just going once a month or whenever you want to. Because what you do, your students and kids follow. How do you treat your spouse? Because they're watching. So maybe you need to start honoring your husbands and you need to start serving your wives. Pastor Chuck has been challenging us during this series to share our stories about how we stepped into a relationship, how we came to know Jesus. And maybe for you, one of the places is by telling your kids how you stepped into a relationship with Jesus if you haven't already. You guys, anywhere and everywhere you are, be about it. Bring God into the conversation. When you're praying about big decisions, parents, bring God and your children into the conversation. On your vacations, bring God into your vacation. Get When you're getting ready for school, bring God into that. Any financial decisions you have to make, bring God and your children into that so you could all be praying. Because what you model, your students will follow. In my family, every morning we would wake up and as kids we would run into our parents' room and we would see them holding hands praying. At like 5 a.m., it was the same routine every single day. And then on top of that, they had these little devotionals called the Daily Bread that they had everywhere. I'm talking like in the bathroom. I know, it's gross, right? Uh, in, in our rooms, in the living room, everywhere these little devotionals were and they, the pages were turned every day knowing they were reading it. But you see, my parents didn't have to tell us how important reading God's word was. Because they lived it out, their actions spoke for them. There are some things in life that aren't taught, they're caught. There are some things in life that aren't taught, they're caught. So make sure your child is seeing you living out this authentic faith, not a faith that only shows up on Sundays or when people are looking at you. Make it genuine. Don't have a fraudulent faith, because that is what your child will catch. You guys, let me talk to you for a second. Sometimes the hardest three words to say aren't, I am sorry, or I forgive you. It's let's pray together. And maybe that's your starting place. You need to start praying with your families. Another way we can live out this big calling that God has entrusted you with is by doing your part and let God do his. Do your part. And let God do his. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Paul writes these words. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. You see, parents, you plant the seeds, you water it, God is going to make it grow. And parents, during this time that God has entrusted you with the, ki- the care of your kids, plant those seeds of faith, water those seeds of faith, harvest those seeds of faith, but know that it's God who's going to bring the spiritual growth. If you do what God calls you and I to do, you create spaces for your children to see you living out this authentic faith. 
and you bring students into this conversation and you have spiritual conversations, God is going to do the work. And sometimes you can do all these things. You could be having these conversations and your child could still decide they want to be a prodigal. They want to walk away. I want to encourage you, if that's you, to give yourself a whole lot of grace because God is the perfect parent. And even he has prodigal children, but don't lose hope. Continue to do the work. Continue to plant those seeds. Continue to harvest and water those seeds. And God is going to bring about the growth. Be those consistent spiritual guides that God is calling you by setting the example for your children. And not only do we have to live this authentic faith out, there's another step, step two. And that is talking about our faith with your kids. And so today we have with us Dr. David Smith. Dr. David Smith is a clinical psychologist who's been studying practicing for over 30 years and today he's going to talk about the importance of talking about faith with your kids. So would you do me a favor and welcome up Dr. Smith and Pastor Lauren back to the stage. Well, thank you so much for being here and uh, I wanted to start by asking you this question. How important is faith to a kid's mental health. Very important. Matter of fact, research has shown time and time again there's a direct correlation with mental health of children and teenagers and religiosity. Mm. That's a fancy word for saying that means they go to church, actually go to church, and church is practiced in the home with like devotions and prayer specifically. So wow. those things are what define that. And so that when kids are doing that, they have a higher, they have a low propensity for depression, suicide, and other mental disorders. Mm. No doubt about it. It's wow. pretty clear. So on that same line, what is a common mistake then, if faith is so important to the mental health, what is a common mistake that parents make in faith and their kids together? I think the uh, common mistake parents make is, number one, not taking it seriously. I think what you said, apathy, is one thing that we see. The other thing is that they don't really uh, have a knowledge themselves. They've kind of been faking it themselves. So, you know, when you're confident with something, you don't mind sharing it. Like, I don't mind teaching you how to play golf because I'm confident in my golf game. Well, if I'm confident in my faith, I'll teach it to my kids. And so I really I think a lot of parents don't feel confident, especially with the cultural crisis we're in today where these things are going against Christianity and against our faith. And so we don't know what to do, so we hide as opposed to gaining confidence. So I think we need parents need more confidence. Yeah, and so if they hide, um, does that really kind of shut their kids down because they're not actually engaging in that conversation? Totally. Totally, because if they can't get answers from the parents, they're going to get it on the Internet or the, from mm -hmm. their friends at school or their teachers at school, which is scary because yeah. the world is foolish. Yeah. I mean, 1 Corinthians 1.18 is, you know, the, the foolishness of the world, right? Yeah. And so we have all this foolishness out there. And so where do kids get this touchstone of truth? Mm -hmm. You know, they got to get it from their parents. Mm -hmm. We just can't depend on the church Amen. to do it. It has to come from parents. Amen. That's good. And, and if a parent is watching right now who has a middle schooler, who has a high schooler, um, and they've never engaged in conversations with faith with their kids and they try to just start a daily Bible study or read devotional as a family, that might not go over so well, right? right. And so what would you advise parents with those ages of kids to, uh, how would they start engaging their kids in those conversations? I think, I think uh, engage them where they're at. Mm -hmm. So uh, and take them where they're at. And that's usually for a lot of kids that I see is just social struggles. All the, the whole transgender, the whole uh, racism, all those sexual issues yes. that are out there and all the sexual pressures yeah. and, and the distortions of the world. Mm -hmm. And they, have, they need clarity. So I'd even start with that, just really in their face kind of stuff that they have and, and ask the questions of what their struggles are. Uh, that's a great way to start. I think just throwing the Bible at them, 
they won't understand mm -hmm. that. But I think mm -hmm. the other thing is the great stories of the Bible are wonderful examples yeah. of being able to really just learn about our faith. I yeah. mean, they do it. And so I think just teaching the stories of the Bible is a good way to do it indirect. Doing inspirational movies that are out there mm. and doing it together with family and allowing for the inspirational stuff to come in and then talk about it with your kid. Mm. That's super important. And I love what you said, praying for your kids in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. they're having being bullied at school. Pray that their faith will increase and the bullying will stop, but they'll be able to, be able to love these people and yeah. just help them in that way. Just very practical ways mm -hmm. of being able to touch your kids besides sitting down now we're going to study Hebrews 1 <laughs> okay that's probably not the best way to start it yeah you mentioned some pretty big topics just in that last thing between the you know sexual orientation and racism and those are really really big topics that parents feel intimidated by yeah. like how do I even enter into this with my student and what are they looking at what are they reading so how do you engage with your student with your child even children now in things like pornography and mm -hmm. homosexuality and racism and these really big things. What are some really practical, easy ways that parents can go, okay, I can tackle this and I can feel confident to go into this conversation because this is so big. I think getting the, 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 the research yourself, the understanding yourself, because yeah. again, I really believe parents are well-intentioned. Mm -hmm. They're just shy or they're, they don't know mm -hmm. or they're else they're mm -hmm. believing the lie of the world. And so, and I've seen a lot of that where people are believing it. And then I, I'll get a kid and they're like, oh no, that's not true at all. The Bible is very clear about this. Romans one is very clear about these things. Mm -hmm. And so I think what it is, is giving us, giving parents, finding the tools to be able to answer these hard questions to talk about, you know, uh, sexual um, uh, orientation issues and mm -hmm. racism and, and, and pornography. Those are all real things that are pounding our kids. I mean, research is terrible on how distorted our kids are getting at a young age with sexualness. And they're learning it from the internet and from friends. And so I think just really being able to really take that difficult and hard step of leaning into that tension and, mm -hmm. ta and talk to your kids about it. Will they be embarrassed at first a little bit? Sure. Yeah. But I think they'll love that they're getting the wisdom from yeah. you, especially if you're being joyous and loving yeah. and considerate and allowing them to be a little anxious and having struggles. So where are some of these resources? I mean, you have so much information in your own mind and your own heart. Um, and these parents, where do they start? I mean, do they just do a Google search? Or, or what are some really good websites that they can, like, go to to try to mm -hmm. find the info to get them that confidence to engage in the conversation? There are a lot of good sites. My favorite one is Focus on the Family. It's mm -hmm. been around forever. And Focus on the Family has amazing free resources for parents for dealing with mm -hmm. all kinds of social issues. I mean, all kinds of issues. Parent guides for transgender, parents guide for uh, homosexuality, parents guide for all kinds of issues, pornography, how to teach your kids with videos and resources to just really educate your, mm -hmm. yourself. And so I think it's a great way to really, uh, one great website to really go to to get those resources. Thank you for that. I really hope parents take that to mind and uh, go there. Um, but listening to your kids is so important um, in these topics and in anything that they're struggling with, you know, with their friendships and relationships or school or, or being bullied or any of these things. Um, so how important is listening to your kids and how do you do that mm. effectively um, with kids, we always hear about this like in the marriage context of, you know, listening to your spouse. But with your kids, it's different. You have all these different ages. You have different um, development stages. So how do you engage and listen, truly listen? The single best thing a parent could do is learn to listen because mm. everyone is talking at your kids. Yeah. And so they're like this little mush 
brain filled with all the stuff that people are talking to them, but then who do they share with? with? Mm -hmm. And so I would be that person that my kid comes to and they'll know whatever they would have tell me, they could hear, they could receive with love and grace and I'll listen to them. And more than listen, I'll actively listen, which means I'll ask questions about whatever crazy stuff they're doing or whatever they're hearing. Like, really, they said that? Your professor, your teacher said that, huh? Tell me more. And allow them to listen because when kids, when all of us, right, feel listened, we feel loved, right? Yeah. Right. I could tell you, like, I'm listening right now, I've been, like, looking over, and you're not going <laughs> to feel connected. Yeah. You're just not going to. And so it's important that when we listen, we're actively looking at them, we're trying to understand them, get inside their little head, and just reflect back mm -hmm. what they're saying to us. Yeah. And then they feel connected when we do that. And that's yeah. the first part of helping them grow. I've even heard it said with like young kids, when you act to listen with young kids, sometimes they don't have the words to articulate what they're feeling. Right. But one thing I have heard is that you could actually speak the words for them to help ask, is this what you might be thinking? Is this what you might be feeling? Have you done that in your... Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I think what happens when you're talking about younger kids, yeah. definitely, mm -hmm. that you're helping them articulate something, a concept. Mm -hmm. And so you're helping them, giving them words or prompts or even symbols or, or things like that to help them understand. Or examples is another way to do it. You mean like when daddy does this. Right. Like, or mommy yeah. does this kind of a thing. Yeah. And so that's one way of doing it, of helping them give it and see if that resonates with them. Sometimes you may not get it, but then go again. But the thing, biggest thing, Lauren, is it takes time to listen. Yeah. It takes time. <laughs> and so parents sometimes are just very short on time because yes. the kid is not the priority. Yeah. They got all these priorities. Yeah. And so I really want to encourage parents to love their kids mm -hmm. enough to give them the time to listen. Yeah. And, and the listening isn't always on my schedule, by the way. I was always amazed my kids would yeah. want to talk at the weirdest time. <laughs> I called them God moments is what I did. Yeah. I called them soft times where they would just, before they went to bed, and maybe they're manipulating, but then they would have talked about something. It's like, yeah. man, I don't care. Bed is, who cares? I would hear you out right now. Yeah, so. amen. Yeah. Well, that's that's what, huge. That's what Deuteronomy says. Anywhere and everywhere, you yes. listen, you're there, you're present. Right. Um, so you get into these topics, these really hard topics, and as a parent, your anger bubble starts to kind of mm -hmm. rise inside, right? You start to feel this, like, anger towards what your kid or student is saying, or you have shock that you're just completely, like— Did I just hear that? Yeah, like, whoa, what? You know, Um how do you deal with those your own emotions that you're trying to resolve and and contend with and you're trying to be there for your kid or yeah. your student and not shut yeah. them down what do you what do you do with that that's uh, being an adult number one is <laughs> learning how to control your emotions right okay yeah and so i'm a big believer uh, we have control we all, we only can control three things what we think what we say and what we do so let's focus on those okay so when I'm in a, a tense situation or I believe my uh, child or grandchild is coming with something that's pretty tense, I would have first and all relaxed myself mm. because I would hear what they have to say. Because when you're relaxed, you could hear it because I'm not taking any responsible for what they're saying. I just need to listen. So my only responsibility is to listen. And so I take all the pressure off of being the Bible answer man, the scholar, any of those things. Mm -hmm. I just want to listen. And when I find myself getting angry because they're doing things or saying things that I don't think they should do, then I want to, again, calm myself mm. and say, and, and pray. And I, I, you know, I really connect with praying without ceasing when, with kids because it's like, Lord, help me to understand. Give me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me just to love this kid right now. Love them, love them, love them because I don't want to get angry. I want to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And through my love for them, maybe we can connect and we mm. can move from there. So it's a self-soothing technique that parents want to do. Breathing, you know, taking some deep breaths and telling yourself, I just need to listen. I don't need to solve. Yeah. Yeah. So that usually mm. helps. So good. That's really good. Thank you for being with us. And uh, you 
gave us so much good wisdom. Uh, if there's one thing you could leave with the parents that are watching, what's like one more nugget you could give us to those parents that are watching right now? Just drop the mic on us. You know, when I, uh, when I was in seminary, I heard uh, one of my professors say this. He said, you know, when all, said is, when all is said and done, when it's all burned up, there's only two things that count. God's word and people. Hmm. And that moved me in a major way in my life when I heard that because it made sense. Yeah. We get caught up in sports. We get caught up in scholastic <laughs> pursuits. We get caught up in all these things, and we forget about it's nothing. It's going to get burned away. Yeah. All that's going to be there is God's word and people. So yeah. I would have focused on those two things. So I would encourage parents to focus yeah. on God's word and their kids. Mm -hmm. Because that, when it's all said and done, there's nothing more beautiful. You can have all the riches, all the mm -hmm. ackle name in the world, but if you don't have your kids with you as you grow old, yeah. mm. what do you've got? Yeah. And especially when they don't know the Lord. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I would say. Yeah. No, that's huge. That's huge. And I'm sure we have people watching right now who, who are parents who mm -hmm. might not even have made that decision yet yeah. to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the, that is the best decision they could ever make, mm -hmm. especially in leaving their, their student mm -hmm. and child, like their legacy yeah. Is, yeah. is Jesus. It is. Uh, and telling them about Jesus and bringing them in a way that pleases God. And so I want to give them an opportunity uh, right now. And so if you're watching this right now, wherever you find yourself, I want to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus. Maybe you were once in a relationship with him, but you're like the prodigal that I was talking about and you walked away from the faith because you got busy or different priorities. Maybe you're here and you feel like you failed as a parent. You've had these hard conversations. Maybe you made some decisions that let your kid or your student down. I want to give you an opportunity today to, to come back to Jesus because there is forgiveness and uh, Jesus loves you so much. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that. So no matter where you are, I want to give you an opportunity today to meet Jesus. So why don't we go ahead. If you're a believer all across this place, whether you're on the patio or in your house or your living room, wherever you are watching this, would you do me a favor and would you pray for those that don't know Jesus to step into a relationship with him today? Let's go ahead and let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for our time together. God, I pray for that person today that doesn't know you. I pray that they would step into a relationship with you. I pray for that person that over the span of quarantine, over the last five months, they were once on fire, once going to church every single week, sometimes on Wednesdays and Sundays. But because of apathy, because of just different schedules, they no longer uh, have time for you. And I pray that they would come back to you and step into a relationship with you where they could put you as number one in their lives. So I thank you for what you're going to do. And so right now, I want to give each and every single one of you watching this right now an opportunity to accept Jesus into your heart. If you're a parent, that is the greatest thing you could ever do. And I want to encourage you watching this right now to pray this prayer in just a few seconds with your child. That is the biggest legacy you can leave your kids. And maybe you're here and you, you want to make, start making better decisions. I want to encourage you, you can. And it's by going, like, past, like Dr. Dave was saying, going to God's word and learning from God's word what to do in those situations. So no matter where you are, I want to give you right now an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The best decision you will ever make. And so why don't we go ahead, pray these words after me. You can repeat it in your heart. You can pray it out loud wherever you find yourself. But doesn't something happen when you 
when you say it out loud, like I'm doing this, when right. you let people know. Yep. Totally. Yeah, and so I want to give you guys an opportunity to do that. So I want to go ahead, let's go to God in prayer. Repeat these words after me if you want to accept Jesus into your heart, the best decision you will ever make. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you. I don't have to do life on my own. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Would you come into my life? Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Would you fill me with your love? Would you make me brand new? I say yes to you. Get those words out. Yes to the life you have for me. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, congratulations. Like I said, it's the best decision you will ever make. And we want to encourage you to text amen to 69922. Amen to 69922. Because like they said, something happens when you make this proclamation known. Something happens when you let people know. And God is going to come into your life. And people are going to come into your life, and they're going to be able to hold you accountable and to make this decision real. So I want to encourage you to not only pray that prayer, but to text amen to 69922 and praise God for all of you that did. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Pastor Lauren. And uh, it's been incredible. And thank you for watching and not tuning us out. We hope and pray that this blesses you and it was a helpful conversation. We love you guys so much.